0: Chapter Forty Four of In New England Fields and Woods by Roland E. Robinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. December days, fewer and more chill, have become the hours of sunlight, and longer stretch the noontide shadows of the desolate trees athwart the tawny fields and the dead leaves that mat the floor of the woods. The brook. Braids its shrunken strands of brown water with a hushed murmur over a bed of sodden leaves between borders of spiny ice crystals or in the pools swirl in slow circles the imprisoned fleets of bubbles beneath a steadfast roof of glass. Dark and sullen the river sulks in its cheerless way, enlivened but by the sheldrake. That still courses his prey in the icy water, and the mink that, like a fleet black shadow, steals along the silent banks. Gaudy wood duck and swift winged teal have long since departed and left stream and shore to these marauders and to the trapper who now gathers here his latest harvest. The marshes are silent and make no sign of life. Though beneath the domes of many a sedge-built roof, the unseen muskrats are astir, and under the icy cover of the channels, fare to and fro on their affairs of life, undisturbed by any turmoil of the upper world. When the winds are asleep, the lake bears on its placid breast the moveless images of its quiet shores, deserted now by the latest pleasure-seekers. Among whose tenantless camps the wild woodfolk wander as fearlessly as if the foot of man had never trodden here. From the still midwaters, far away, a loon halloos to the winds to come forth from their caves and yells out his mad laughter in anticipation of the coming storm. A herald breeze blackens the water with its advancing steps. And with a roar of its trumpets the angry wind sweeps down, driving the white-crested ranks of waves to assault the shores. Far up the long incline of pebbly beaches they rush, and leaping up the walls of rock, hang fetters of ice upon the writhing trees. Out of the seething waters arise lofty columns of vapor, which, like a host of gigantic phantoms, stalk silent and majestic above the turmoil till they fall in wind-tossed showers of frost-flakes there are days when almost complete silence possesses the woods yet listening intently one may hear the continual movement of myriads of snow-fleas pattering on the fallen leaves like the soft purr of such showers as one might imagine would fall in Lilliput. With footfall so light that he is seen close at hand sooner than heard, a hare limps past, too early clad in his white fur that shall make him inconspicuous amid the winter snow. His coming shines from afar, through the gray underbrush and on the tawny leaves. Unseen amid his dun and gray environment, the ruffed grouse skulks unheard bursts away in thunderous flight overhead invisible in the lofty thicket of a hemlock's foliage a squirrel drops a slow patter of cone chips while undisturbed a nuthatch winds his spiral way down the smooth trunk faint and far away yet clear resound the axe strokes of a chopper and at intervals the muffled roar of a tree's downfall. Silent and moveless cascades of ice veil the rocky steeps, where in more genial days tiny rivulets dripped down the ledges and mingled their musical tinkle with the songs of birds and the flutter of green leaves. Winter berries and bittersweet still give here and there a fleck of bright color to the universal gray and dun of the trees, and the carpet of cast-off leaves and the dull hue of the evergreens, but scarcely relieve the somberness of the woodland landscape. Spanning forest and field, with a low flat arch of even gray, hangs a sky as cold as the landscape it domes, and whose mountain borders lie hidden in its hazy foundations through this canopy of suspended snow the low noontide sun shows but a blotch of yellowish grey rayless and giving forth no warmth and as it slants toward its brief decline grows yet dimmer till it is quite blotted out in the gloom of the half-spent afternoon the expectant hush that broods over the forlorn and naked earth is broken only by the twitter of a flock of snow buntings which like a straight-blown flurry of flakes drift across the fields and sounding solemnly from the depths of the woods the hollow hoot of a great owl then the first flakes come wavering down then blurring all the landscape into vague unreality they fall faster with a soft purr on frozen grass and leaves till it becomes unheard on the thickening noiseless mantle of snow deeper and deeper the snow enfolds the earth covering all its unsightliness of death and desolation now white furred hair and white feathered bunting are at one with the white-clad world wherein they move and we so lately accustomed to the greenness of summer and the gorgeousness of autumn wondering at the ease wherewith we accept this marvel of transformation welcome these white december days and in them still find content end of chapter forty four december days